0: This is women going nuclear, you know, so for me it's about talent. It's about, you know, getting more people, making our clubs better. It's about health, it's about equity, it's about participation. It's, it's, it's just it's just good.
1: That's Richmond CEO Brendan Gale. We know that the Tigers were gutted when their first bid to join the AFL women's competition failed. In episode one of The Originals, club president, Peggy O'Neill, said it plainly.
2: I was angry. I was. I still to
3: this
1: day don't know the reasons for the decisions. I couldn't quite believe it, frankly. There was severe deflation. Brendan Gale.
0: It makes you question the work you do.
1: Then, swiftly that was channelled into action.
0: You know, you get thick skin, Sam. You get that many kicks in the backside and this caper. You've just got to move on pretty quickly. You've got to try and, well, what is it? What is it about our submission that wasn't compelling? What are we going to do about it?
1: Most of what Richmond did to reboot its elite women's footy team vision relates to a phone call Brendan Gale made at the end of the AFLW's first season. We're talking May in 2017. The number Brendan Gale dialed was Kate Sheehan's. Kate played one match for the Collingwood Footy Club in the inaugural AFLW season, seriously damaging a knee in the same game. This ended Kate Sheehan's footy playing career, but was an experience that ultimately enriched a lifelong love of Australian rules football. I think back to that night,
3: nothing that night was disappointing for me. It was the best night of my life. I didn't care that I'd done my knee. Yeah, that sucks, but... I didn't have a terminal illness. I I wasn't not picked. You know, even the pre-match, it was kicking footies, doing the warm-up. Like, I'd been on the sidelines watching my teammates do that and that's all I wanted to do and finally I got to do it.
1: The daughter of legendary Aussie Rules journalist Mike Sheehan and now a mother of two, Kate has lived and breathed footy her entire life.
3: I'm one of four kids and my brothers and sisters call me The Shadow because I'm the youngest of four. My mum and dad split when I was maybe four or five and my dad and I literally did everything together. So I was his little buddy at the footy. I remember distinctly remember sitting near you at the MCG when your dad was on radio and then my dad's doing whatever he was doing at the time and there was just these you know two girls sitting there waiting for their dads to come out. I'd go to three games a weekend. Uh, he'd, he'd consult me on his top 50 as an 11 or 12-year-old.
1: Kate played masses of sport growing up, rep basketball, tennis and Aussie rules footy at community level until she was 13. When old rules dictated, she had to stop. Until that point, she was the only female on her team. Kate went on to be a high level tennis coach. AFL CEO Gillen McLaughlin is lucky enough to have been one of her pupils. She spent years working in elite ranks. The impending birth of AFLW lured her back into footy playing, even though she was chronically injury prone.
3: You know, I'd had 14 orthopedic surgeries, multiple shoulders foot reconstruction, three wrist reconstructions, two shoulder reconstructions, double jaw reconstruction, you know, all this sort of stuff.
1: No jokes about injury prone. But AFL boss Gillan McLaughlin egged Kate on, privately, to put herself forward for the first AFLW draft. She did, warts and all, it ultimately broadened her sporting experience before the next big thing. Kate says she learnt a lot about team sport environments from her short time with the Pies. Preseason rolled
3: around and, and that was a challenge because I didn't know any of the girls and I think, and, and they probably admit it now, that they were a bit like, oh, who's this upstart rolling in just because she's Mike Sheehan's daughter. I didn't particularly appreciate that, but I just you know, kept that to myself. I wanted to earn their trust and respect first and I did in the end. Post-Christmas was just the best fun of my life. Pre-Christmas it was a challenge. I didn't enjoy it much. I was not loving the environment. When you're missing your family, you're not seeing your son, all that sort of stuff. So I started to form some really lovely relationships and friendships with the playing group and just loved it, couldn't get enough of it.
1: Once that knee injury ended her playing career forever, she was keen to apply that fresh knowledge and lived experience. Cue fateful phone call from Tigers boss Brendan
0: Gale. I didn't really know her that well. She obviously, knew her father, through you know work in media, she was very passionate, she'd obviously played a bit. And I think to get a program up from scratch, all the way to get to a position where we can bid successfully for a license, have courage of that in in this male-dominated environment, can, is gonna need passion and resilience. She understands the science and the art of coaching. She's a really good advocate for the game, and I think you need it. You need internal advocacy, and you need external advocacy. And she she knows the game. Mm. The game can be a hard game, It can be an unforgiving game. Because
1: um, it was a big job.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. But we just, we just felt the, the It was about early days. Was about the, the passion and the energy and the influence, and the the ability to take people and to build consensus around this idea.
1: They met in a cafe in South Melbourne for breakfast. Do you remember the cafe? Yes, and Ali. Brendan brought Daniel Richardson, then the Tigers football operations boss. They just sort
3: of quizzed me a bit on women's footy, what I was doing, my tennis and whatnot. At the time, Brendan said to me, do you want to come in and present to a few of the Richmond people around what women's football should look like at our footy club? And I said, yeah, when? And he said, oh, Monday, and it was I think it was Friday. And I said, and how long for? And he goes, 45 minutes, and I went, I looked at him and I was like, yep, in this cool, calm, collected voice thinking deep down, holy shit, how am I going to do this in three days? (laughs) And anyone who knows me knows my IT skills are pretty poor. (laughs) So um, I was trying to get a really schmick presentation together and worked really, really hard on it. Essentially, how would you build a list? What would your philosophy be? You know, who would you employ and why and stuff like that. I was lucky because I'd done a lot of that in tennis anyway. That was the easy part for me. It was the computer stuff that was the challenge for me. So I I was lucky to even know what PowerPoint was, let alone how to
1: put it together. It was a Monday in May 2017 and Kate presented to five people assembled in the Richmond Football Club boardroom. Kate's presentation ended up going for an hour and 20 minutes. Then... I got a text that night
3: from Richo saying, I think we'd work well together. I think I wrote back something like, I'm sure we would. We ended up playing phone tag for three or four days, which did my head in. And finally, we got a hold of each other. He's like, "Uh, yeah, do you want to take on the role of of running women's
1: footy at the footy club? I said, I'll have to think about it deep down going, no, of course I want to do it. (laughs) Two weeks later, Kate Sheehan was working at the club. The first thing she did was refining the second submission Richmond made to the AFL to join the AFLW's second intake of clubs. Very quickly, she got the mood about their first miss.
3: My impression was that they felt a bit dirty, that they missed out. You'd be disappointed if they weren't filthy.
1: The Tigers' plan in terms of reapplying and getting in was building on genuine points of difference, like the redevelopment of their punt road facilities and alignment with women's footy, in particular in country Victorian Bendigo. Kate was at the Tigers only a handful of weeks by the time applications for AFLW club licences were due.
3: Peggy and I went in together and then we we decided that we'd deliver the submission in person to Gill. We got into the AFL house and Peggy and I are in Gill's office and handed over the document. And then Donna, Gillen's PA, walks in and says, Gil, you've got to go to 3W. You've got your Friday morning segment. And he said, oh, Donna, I need some jumper leads. My battery's flat. And she said, well, you're not going to make it. I said, oh, Gil, I'll give you a lift. So (laughs) all the clubs were doing their submissions that day. So clubs were seeing other clubs walk in and out of the headquarters. (laughs) And all of a sudden, um, I'm walking out. With Gil, we just jump in my car and I, and Peggy jumped on a tram and went back to work and I dropped him at 3OW and I think there were a few faces going, what are they doing? What's going on here? This is a bit suspicious.
1: The new clubs to enter AFLW in 2019 were announced in September 2018
3: retrospectively it was the best thing that could have happened to us. Why? Because it allowed for us to make some mistakes and learn and understand the Richmond way and build relationships within all departments of the club so that when 2020 hit we had a greater foundation. Having 18 to two years is a hell of a lot better for a planning phase when you're trying to roll out a really slick organisation.
1: This was a build from nothing large-scale operation.
3: At one point, I remember thinking to myself, I'm in a world of pain here because I don't even know where the hell to start. When you then realise you have to employ every single person, like not just a coach, not just players, but trainers, property, physios, doctors, everyone. I remember feeling quite overwhelmed that we just weren't going to break the damn wall.
1: Lead priority? Kate learned a bit from the pies here.
3: At Collingwood, Wayne had been on a a part-time employment from my understanding. It definitely wasn't full-time. And I remember feeling like he just didn't have enough time to do what he needed to do. And we're playing professional sport here and he's not only, not only are the players trying to juggle jobs and their sport, but the coaches are too. And it's just, it's not gonna cut it. So I said to the board, you've got to have a full-time coach. You, You want these players to develop. You want this program to be elite we well, you've got to employ people so that they can be elite.
1: Kate began speaking to a few potential candidates, but there wasn't a standout. Around the same time, Richmond asked her to be football operations manager of the men's VFL team, a hugely educational experience. It was here that she met Tom Hunter, an assistant coach under Tigers VFL men's head coach, Craig McRae. Tom joined Richmond's men's VFL coaching ranks in 2016 after an approach from Craig McRae. The pair had met at Collingwood when Tom was a rookie player on the Magpies list.
3: He had a terrific nature. I really liked his backstory. I liked he, he's a school teacher. He would played. He understood the rigours of what it took to be a player, but then he'd done the hard yards to get to the position of being a coach and had coached at the called Cannons, the club he'd played at as an, an under-18 player. And, and then he was doing his apprenticeship in Richmond's VFL men's program.
1: Kate cleared her idea with Craig McRae first, asking how he'd feel if she sounded Tom Hunter out for the top coach's job in the women's VFL.
3: He was very supportive of it for Tom because it meant a full-time opportunity in an AFL club Um, and that's what Richmond's all about, providing opportunities from within and building and growing their talent.
1: Tom remembers he was driving home from work when the phone rang.
2: She just asked if I'd be interested in like coming in to have a chat about what the women's program would look like and, yeah, potentially coaching it.
1: Next, another important date. Time October 2017, location Feast of Merit Cafe, Richmond. Attendees Kate Sheehan and Tom Hunter.
3: I liked that he was nervous because it showed me that it meant something to him. And I remember asking him, Why would you want to do this? And he said, it'd be pretty cool to have your fingerprints on something from scratch. He hadn't coached females before, but to me that wasn't, that wasn't a, an issue. He, he had excellent football knowledge, he was a high-performance coach and I loved his manner and his way with people.
1: He hadn't imagined it being part of his coaching path.
2: But having spoken to Kate about the opportunity and how much the players want to learn and how much growth there is in the game, for me that was a really exciting thing. Like, as a teacher and as someone who wants people to be better and wants to help people be better, just for me being able to do that through football was really enticing and it's very rare that you get in anything, let alone football, that you get to be a part of something from, from day one.
1: Next, he was set to work with some women footballers Kate Sheehan assembled for the point of observing how Tom worked with them. Some of the things that that I
3: wanted to see in a coach was someone who would stop a player if they weren't doing something correctly and show them how to do it correctly.
2: I remember that day really vividly here. Yeah. Quite a small group, but just seeing in them what they were doing and it just looked like prior to that point in time, they probably hadn't been coached on how to do a ground ball correctly and safely. So I just saw that as an opportunity to impart a little bit of knowledge and, and help them be better in, in such a small way to, to see how they'd then progress.
1: A formal job interview followed, Tom Hunter got it. And with that, in Operation Richmond Women's Footy Team, alone one became a team of two. Next. There were some key roles
3: in women's football that were critical to the success of a team. One was the coach and the coaching panel by extension, the high performance manager, player development manager, and the medical team, because they
1: were the areas of concern and development in the game. Kate had someone in mind for the player development role. It was Christmastime 2017 when she shared the logic behind her target to Neil Balm. He was the Tigers' new footy operations boss after Dan Richardson's departure to Essendon. Blair Hartley and Tim Livingston were also there and involved in the process. And the day before they'd said to me, oh, well,
3: what, what experience has she got? And I told them the story that she told me very early days when I first met her about her first day on the job as an ambulance officer. She went to a daycare centre, find a child who had a, a reaction to anaphylaxis and died. And she had the parents in the back of the ambulance and she had to tell them that their child had passed away. What worse news can you give someone? And so the next day we got her in for a chat and... Balmy, he just thought she was in a bit. Her name is Sarah Wiley, and she's been the backbone of the team for two years now. Um, and she's, she's someone you want on your team because she'll move heaven and earth to make your life better.
1: Next, high performance manager.
3: In women's footy, it's hard because your budgets are pretty small. Your soft cap is, is minimal. What uh, is it? Uh, well, in an AFLW program at the moment, it's 450,000. And by comparison, the men's program is 10 million. So when you're trying to find good people to work and do ridiculous hours, go above and beyond because they're under-resourced and they've got, you know, for every person in a women's program, there's probably two to three in a men's program. So Peter Birch, who's the head of high performance in the men's program, he and I worked together to try and find someone who was prepared to do the hard yards and get their foot in the door. And so he brought Matt Parker to the table.
1: Matt Parker had worked at St Kilda Footy Club and at Geelong but he was a teacher at Kerry Grammar at the time of this Richmond interview. Initially, he was employed part-time in footy.
3: I was like, this guy just works his backside off and, and his attention to detail was elite. And I said to the board, if you want this program to work well, you're going to have to give us a million bucks because we need some people to do the work and these athletes need people who have been in a high-performance environment before and, and if you don't want to be paying off players' injuries... Let's get a high-performance manager in.
1: By November 2018, Matt Parker was full-time. Kate Sheehan's fourth full-time hire?
3: A recruiter. Women's football's not traditional. We're finding athletes from all over the place. We're finding girls who've played haven't played footy since I was 13, then you're getting girls who have played elite sport who can transition. All these competitions are emerging across the country, whether it be school football or new football leagues. The growth of women's football was um, exponential and I I simply couldn't do it all. Lauren Tessarero was the first person who came to mind. Um, I didn't really want anyone else.
1: Lauren Tessarero played for Collingwood in AFLW, but after being cut from that list, she kept playing footy and was working at a nursery. By November 2018, it was a party of five. All
3: of a sudden, I had my little crew. So the four of us, because Sarah was sort of doing a little bit of work from home, and most of her work is in person with the players, but the four of us are sitting in the office the size of a shoebox working with laptops on our lap. It was like a real startup. And whilst it was a very challenging challenging experience because we were in each other's pockets the whole time, the connections that came from it were unbelievable.
1: In the office, it was what Tom calls...
2: Musical desks for my first probably month at the club. I was in with footy admin, the Ford's room uh, next to Craig McRae, and I was sort of swapping it in and out of there. There wasn't much space for me. Um, and then Kate, she didn't have a desk to begin with. So she was sort of floating around.
1: So with pillars installed, what next? Tom Hunter remembers the first call out for...
2: We didn't have any players. It was a sat day and it was the talent ID day. Yeah, so I think we had 130 girls try out. We were just looking for the ones that we thought could potentially play VFLW football. I think we had about 30 or 40 girls on that shortlist. So my next job was then to ring those girls and, and either offer them a like a list spot on our VFRW list or um, come down and, and trial for the VFL pre-season. Kate and I put this program together from nothing.
1: The recruitment philosophy for that stage?
2: We wanted to put really qualified coaches, support staff around the players. That way our players could come up to the standard of our staff, which I think worked really well because the players that we, that we initially signed were really hungry to improve.
1: For Kate and Tom, in a mass recruiting drive, it was like selling property off the plan.
3: It was very hard for them to even believe our pitch because what did we have to show? We didn't have anything.
1: How did you sell coming to Richmond as a VFLW player?
3: The services and the resources that were going to be provided to them that they weren't going to get elsewhere. There was 20 additional staff that we needed to find to fill other roles in part-time capacities. So you can't take shortcuts on the people that you have in your environment. So there was a lot of work done on interviewing people for different and various positions, whether it was a physio role, the doctor role, the trainers.
1: And meetings, design of uniforms, buying massage tables. Everyone at Tigerland was being hit up.
3: Oh, anyone and everyone like whether it be <laughs> the Steve the facilities guy to Giuseppe the property steward to Barmy around well we need more money for this or Kevin or Ollie in IT because we need headsets for the bench the quote for dressing gowns was through the roof so we gave that the ass oh, um, but damn, like cause they're so good uh, they, we've got them for the bench we just don't have them for all the players yeah. oh wow
1: mm, cotton on special Yeah, well done <laughs> they'll be very marketable actually. but it's summer so that's where oh, it's that's hard yeah. yeah anyway Back to the facilities. You know,
3: there was no women's facilities here at Punt Road, so we had to go through that space. And I remember having a, not an argument, but someone said we need more showers in the change rooms for the girls. I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm a female, you need more toilets. So we had to get rid of the urinals and put more toilets in. And I won that battle because... If you go watch a game day, there's always a line up at the toilet just before the girls run out. It's just how they operate. So, you know, boys don't get as cold as girls. So we'd have arguments that, oh, no, the girls need hoodies. And, well, they need to train harder. Well, no, it's not about them training harder. They've got less body fat, so they get colder. It was a daily thing that you were essentially bringing a foreign object, being women's football, into a football club that had only ever known men's footy for 100
1: years. Let me get you on one bit of detail. Um, How many urinals were there? How many did you demolish? And how many non-urinals did you bring in? There was two closed off toilets
3: and three men's urinals. I said, why the hell do even boys need a urinal? They pee in toilets as well. It's true. <laughs> so I'm with you. This is... Let's get rid of this disgusting stainless steel object that is taking up space. So we ended up getting five close off. Yeah. Did
1: any urinals?
3: No, we don't need urinals. They're
1: gone. They're gone. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Sounds good. Newcomers to the VFL women's competition, the Tigers won four games in that 2018 season. The first victory was in their VFLW debut, a win against the Western Bulldogs six goals five to three points it was the culmination of so much
2: it was almost like we won a grand final the emotion of the players the families seeing board members in tears seeing kate in tears it was like a grand final it was incredible and it was one game
1: neil Baum presented the jumpers to the team that day kate sheehan remembers
3: it was so emotional it was you know brendan was there peggy was there Henrietta um, from the board and Kerry from the board. And I don't think anyone knew what to expect, but the girls came out and just played some really good football and we won. And we'd played an AFLW team and we are a startup team and we won. And in the rooms post-game, there was tears left, right and centre. Barmy presented the jumper to the playing group that day and had a tear in his eye. It was a groundswell of emotion and I sort of thought, oh, well, that's just going to be because it's our first ever game and can't believe we've even made it to the start line. But I felt like that happened every time we played. (laughs) We were really proud of how the season went. I think Tom and the coaches at the time got the most out
1: of the list we had. In 2019, the team won 12 games and played an elimination final, losing to the Western Bulldogs. The gains made on-field were enormous. Improving kicking was a key focus. And tutoring from Nathan Chapman, an ex-AFL player who now runs NFL punting ID programs, has been transformative.
3: The work he's done in our program has been off the charts. In 2018, we went from the worst disposal efficiency in the competition to 2019, the most efficient team. We are very lucky to have Nathan on our team.
1: Tom Hunter's coaching focuses in year one and two of the VFLW were contrasting. In short form, he says the 2019 footy season has been the best he's experienced
2: yet. My philosophy in the first year was to teach them how to defend, because that's what the boys' programs do. I didn't realise that the girls naturally just defend, like that's women's football. Early on it was just be lower and harder, win the ball, get it going forward. So for me that 2018 was just that defensive mechanics and, and learning how to defend. I contrasted that in 2019 with more attacking, more ball movement, really educating on how we wanted to move the ball. Play fun football, have some, you know, enjoy it while you're out there. Be really exciting. Try and score goals. We finished fourth and ladder. Played an elimination final. Unfortunately, was knocked out in the first round. But it was my, probably my most enjoyable year of football, playing or or coaching. Probably based on the way that we played, and I guess the excitement of putting the AFLW list together. Because essentially, Kate and I always joke about it, but we're making dreams happen, and that's pretty special.
1: Come season's end in 2019 and a considerably larger stage beckoned, AFLW. Tom Hunter says now that he had a dream AFLW recruit list. Katie Brennan, captain of the Western Bulldogs for the first three years of AFLW and one of the competition's most high-profile players, wasn't even on it. He just didn't think it would be possible. Another Tiger called KB? Never. Tom was playing golf when he was informed by Kate Sheehan that something previously unthinkable might just be possible.
2: Matt Parker and I, the head of high performance of the rich women's program, uh, we were playing golf and I think I was on the seventh hole and I got a call from Kate. Someone had contacted her about a player that wanted to potentially join our program and we were sworn to secrecy but it was Katie and I think I, think I remember telling her after that my my back nine certainly improved. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty happy after that.
1: What did it mean to get Katie Brennan on your AFLW list?
2: It's a name almost synonymous with women's football. When a player like Katie Brennan uh, is interested in joining your program, um, you know you're doing something right.
1: The Tigers were highly strategic in the way they hosted meetings with some of the AFLW's highest profile and highest performing players. Tom Hunter remembers the setting designed to lure Katie Brennan. There was a first meeting.
2: We presented purely on a, like a football sense. Um, myself and, and Matt Parker, we um, the football and physical sense.
1: And then there was a dinner, Kisume, very nice restaurant.
2: So we took Simon Derrick, who's the head of commercial operations and marketing, because we knew what we knew. Katie's a brand in and of itself, and what she does, um, you know, with her personal training studios, with her you know women's academies, um, and saw that as an opportunity to essentially get Katie's brand out a little bit more and you know, get it linked in with the, the Richmond Football Club. We also took Peggy that night as well. So it was Peggy, Simon, myself, Kate, um, Katie and her partner Liv.
1: How did the coach leave dinner?
2: Confident that she you know, took the time, met with us, met Peggy, um, that we'd done you know, a fair bit of work to get to this position, almost like the cherry on top, so to speak, being on this last dinner to, to be able to get her across. So I think we left it pretty confident.
1: The Sabrina-Frederick meeting was over breakfast.
2: We had breakfast at Kate's house. I know there was um, almond scrolls. <laughs> we took uh, Sarah Wiley, who's our head of player wellbeing. Thought it was an opportunity for Sabrina that if she, if she did decide to join a program, it should be really well supported off-field, both for her and, and Lil, her partner, um, because if they were to come down, they'd be moving interstate. I think most people forget about Sabrina, that she's only 22.
1: And the first meeting with Mon Conti?
2: Mon was one that probably popped up a little bit later in the piece. We've signaled our interest really early on, but probably I guess towards the back end of the expansion signings we thought we were we'd get her in and, and have a more in depth conversation with her. So I remember sitting in the boardroom, Brendan Gale came to that one. Obviously Mon, her mum, her manager, and then Kate, myself, Barmy and Matt Parker as well. We presented how we saw her in the the, the Richmond colours and the team makeup. Matt Parker spoke a lot about how we can help her be the best athlete. Um, him being full time in the club and me being full time, how we can get her in for sessions and you know, if she's going to miss something through her basketball commitments that she can come in during the day and either watch Vision or do an extra session with Parks um, and I think that really appealed to Mon.
1: Club legend Neil Baum attended these key meetings too. He had a consistent and compelling message to share.
2: He always says that whilst we can't give you you know, more facilities or, or more time and things like that, what we can offer you is 150 years of experience. He's a great link between the women's program but then our men's program as well.
1: Back to Tom Hunter's dream AFLW player recruit list and he divulges here that the Tigers won the name that he had placed at number two, Monique Conti. But not only that...
2: We got number one. So Brennan was the first name we had on our list.
1: Brennan, Frederick... And Conti. With these signings headlining, Richmond's first AFLW draft was a raging success. Eventually, 30 footballers in total were drafted to become Richmond Footy Club originals.
2: We looked at the Geelong model and the North Melbourne model and we wanted to probably go down the Geelong path of recruiting through our VFLW program because they've had experiences and development the way we play. But then we also wanted to top up with the top-end talent. I believe in AFLW, your, your top five or six are the difference as opposed to in the men's where it's probably your bottom five or six. Um, If your top five or six at AFLW level is talented and know the structures and know know the game plan, for me that's a little bit of probably the difference um, between sides.
1: What sort of team is this?
2: I hope they prioritise playing a Richmond way, but having fun while doing so.
1: What's a Richmond way?
2: The ability to defend really quickly, win the ball back, yeah, fast, exciting ball movement.
1: What are the philosophies of the team off-field?
2: Really strongly connected, valuing and investing in each other, wanting success for the person next to you on and off the field and a place where players want want to be.
1: Major milestones have flowed since. There's been a fixture release. Richmond on AFLW debut was selected to launch the 2020 season in a Friday night scheduled under lights against Carlton was November 25, 2019, when the team assembled for its first official AFLW training session. There's been a captain's announcement, Katie Brennan. And on January 23, the team was officially launched. A function held at Punt Road Oval drew a guest list of 350. Staff, family, friends and sponsors, the room was brimming. <coughs> President Peggy O'Neill presented. Tom Hunter handed jumpers to each of his charges. The function was unprecedented at Tigerland and long-serving staff commented afterwards that they'd never attended a night with a buzz quite like it. How do you actually feel about this moment in time where (laughs) this thing that you've created, really, with a club is on the verge of showing itself to the world?
2: When they first run out, I'm just going to be incredibly proud. The players that played VFL for, for two seasons and might not be running out there uh, a lot of work's gone into getting those 21 girls out on the park.
1: What are Brendan Gale's hopes for this team that, as we release this show, is days away from a landmark debut?
2: You know what? I, I, I've,
0: I've been thinking about that all summer. I've been thinking I haven't quite arrived at it yet. Because in one respect, you say, well, I want a team that can aspire to win a premiership. Is that what this year's about? I want improvement from the bottom up. I want to play the Richmond way, it's a very distinct style of football and always to be competitive.
1: What do you hope for the movement? Because you understand that this is more than women putting on jumpers and representing AFL teams. Yeah.
0: Football clubs are becoming more important, powerful social, cultural institutions, forces for good. We've been very atypical for a long time. This is women going nuclear, you know, so for me, it's about talent. It's about talent, it's about, you know, getting more people, making our clubs better, it's about it's about it's it's about health, it's about equity, it's about participation, it's 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 just it's just good.
1: What we know for sure is that these 30 AFLW footballers are the originals for the Richmond Footy Club. Now and forever. <laughs> Sign off? Brendan Gale.
0: If you like what you hear, share it with your friends, family, footy fans, even someone who thinks they don't like footy.
1: And final word, well maybe two, Peggy O'Neill.
2: Go
3: Tigers!